welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a lovely guest, A.B. Uzo-Mozu, who will be sharing her fertility journey with us. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today, A.B. Hi, Ola. Thank you for having me. Yay, thanks for being here. So we usually start off by saying, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is A.B. As she said, I'm a wife, a mother, a teacher and um, a fashion vendor. I sell shoes and bags online as well. But my day job is as a teacher. I teach young children and I love it. That sounds amazing. You love teachers. (laughs) Thank you. And just to ask again, you know, since we're gonna be speaking about fertility today, uh, we wanna know how you and your husband met. So before the journey, how did you guys meet? Uh, the truth is, um, I knew his parents before I knew him. Oh. Yes, yes. His parents and mine were um, friends, but I never met him till like a year before I got married or two years. Ah, so you have a connection before mm, you even met him, eh? You have the insights. Like that. <laughs> It made the journey a little bit easier. For me. Easier, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and here, like yeah, and here you mm-hmm. are, many years mm-hmm. after. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank God for parents and friends of parents, right? Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> seriously, thank God. They made the journey easier. Yes, that's wonderful. But we we actually got to know each other for some time before we got married. As I mentioned, I met him after. Um, a year before we got married, I, I didn't meet him throughout. Right. Okay. And was it like, did you, when did you think that you wanted to be a mom? Was it when you met him or was it before that? I think every girl already, even before she gets married, already has mm. it in her mind that she's going to be a mother soon. Even mm. little children. You see us, my daughter is seven, but even from when she was three, she's already started practicing with um, <laughs> toy babies. So I yeah. think it's just in us because I find out that in guys, I have a son and he just flings the baby up. He doesn't hold it carefully as like a girl. So I think I've always known and wanted to be a mother. I know I didn't want to have a lot of kids, but oh. I wanted to be a Yes, I wanted to be a mother. Oh, that's so I've always okay, so let's get into your journey to motherhood. Can okay. you please tell us a bit about that? Um, okay. Um, I got married in 2013. I had my traditional marriage in 2013, towards the end of 2013. Okay. And after my traditional marriage, I got pregnant. So even while I had the white wedding, I was pregnant, actually. Mm-hmm. And I had my daughter in July 2014. So I can say that journey um, was, um, it, it did not give me an inkling into what lay ahead. It was a smooth, easy, easy journey. And I thought that, that it will always be like that. And so I think when she was about, two, when she was two, two plus, we started planning to have another baby. And um the first sign that um, something may be wrong was um, with the first pregnancy. I think she was about three then, and then it was an early miscarriage, just about six, eight weeks. And then I put it, so then I didn't think of it as an issue. I, I put it, although I asked the doctor, but I put it to, Probably because I was I started working then, and then you know we teaching sometimes the hours are the stand you stand for, and I teach children. Right. So I started. Um, so when that happened, I didn't. Although it hurt, but it wasn't. 
it wasn't i hadn't grown that attached you know the bump hadn't come you just know you've missed the period or two and then you just know that you're pregnant and then that's when i cried but i moved on really quickly and then i think after a year i got pregnant again so this time the pregnancy stayed till um but i need to mention that with my daughter i had a cesarean section okay. and um when i got married i was um naive and i had there's this conversation that people that go through people that have csr weak and then are uh uh not strong women mm. i listen to those and then i change hospitals i will tell the truth that was a wrong decision because at about 28 weeks now I was 28 weeks pregnant although i i didn't have help i just with my daughter myself and my husband comes home late at night and then my job um i was at home during the weekend one sat one weekend and then i just felt that um i had a weight that was unusual with my daughter i understood the braxton hicks the sign that but i was thinking this is too early you know the sign that prepares you the contraction that prepares you for labor i was thinking this is too early so um when that started with this pregnancy at 28 weeks i was surprised but i still chopped it down to braxton hicks and then my sister just had a wedding and my mom came i didn't i couldn't travel for the wedding so my mom was with me. She came that to my house that Sunday. Right. And my husband went to church. Throughout Saturday, it happened more frequently. I didn't know, you know, how labor signs come more frequently. It happened by I kept saying this must be it because this couldn't be. But by um by morning, I called the midwife. I told her that this is happening more frequently. She asked, How many weeks are you? I said 28 weeks. She said, come into the hospital. My husband had gone. It was a Sunday, so he had gone to church. And then when he came back from church, I told him this is more serious. By then, it was full-blown contraction. Oh, wow. So we, he took me to the hospital. Thankfully, my mom was at home, so she was my daughter. It was about four then. He took me to the hospital and just about two minutes two three minutes into the theater even by the time she she i came in and then she checked the baby's head was already out yes so within three five minutes the baby was out but she was um preterm i wasn't very familiar with that term at the time so I just noticed that um, she cried. She cried. She had a strong cry. And the midwife said her reflexes were great. But I just noticed that the, I, something just kept, you know, the intuition that kept them that this is early. So I asked her, that, is there something more? Does she need to, um, does she need extra care? He said, no, she's fine. She's perfect. Some children just choose to come earlier. Wow. And so after two days, I took her home. A week or two. But I just, you just have the feeling, she, she, she was small, as is usual. But my mom will say, I don't think my mom was very, my mom was very sure about the um, my pregnancy week, but she would say she'll grow sometimes. Maybe she because my first daughter was bigger. She said she'll grow, mm -hmm. she'll become big. Uh, but apart from that, nothing else. But like um, 
a week or two weeks, exactly two weeks after we came home, one day she was sleeping for so long. I became alarmed. You know how it is. I, I, I tried to wake her up to breastfeed, but she'll go back to sleep. Immediately my husband, he came, I called him and he came home earlier than usual. And then we knew we had to take her to the hospital immediately because she, by that, it was evening already and she hadn't suffered. So we took her to the hospital. Our pri- I now went back to our private hospital. The private hospital we've been using, the private hospital, I had my first child. Right. I went back there. And then the doctor saw her and said, she's preterm. Why is this child not in an incubator? That was the first time I heard it. So he just, um, he, um, because she had a fever, he just took care of that and then pulled, referred us to a more specialized hospital, the general hospital. We got there and that's when we saw this, we truly understood the severity of the situation. So they took her in that night. I stayed there for three days, three to four days. No, I just had a baby. I was um, two weeks postpartum, but I had to sit by her bedside. I had to sit by her. I couldn't, you didn't, you know, the luxury of being cared for. Once you, I, 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 I didn't have all that, but I, 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 I it didn't matter. I just wanted, I, 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 I just went hard to be fine. I was, I kept imagining what I was going to tell my daughter. She had grown, my older daughter, she had grown to the point where she could ask questions, where she knew she had a baby sister. But to leave the gruesome details out, I lost her. I lost her. So. I'm so sorry. How could that clinic not know that a preterm um, baby it needs to? I just, I just, uh, it was. Wow. It was later. It was a, a church hospital, so it was midwives. But I still find it hard. Still, later, yeah. in retrospect, I find it hard to. Now I know, and I'm, I'm not a nurse or someone in healthcare. Yeah, I still find it hard to understand how, in fact, if I saw someone that had a baby at 33, 34, at, at now, I would tell yeah. you, please run to the hospital. So how? We, myself and my husband went through a lot of um, guilt season. I, I wrote about it on the page. It was after four years. I, 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 I don't talk about it. I think um, I spoke about it last year or sometime this year verbally. I, I, I write. It's easier for me to express myself by writing. Mm. So I've written about it, but not to go into details. But I, I rarely talk about it. I don't no, stop. It wasn't your fault because you didn't know. And you were, you were amongst people that should have known better. And advised you. I I really had to go through through the process of talking to myself, thinking of how how I could have gone wrong. My husband said we had to go back to the hospital, apart from to confront them, to tell them that if this is what has been happening, it is wrong. Exactly. So they can stop we've it. lost ours, but this is wrong. You, 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 so um, that happened. It was um, it was a dark day for me, very dark day. I told my daughter, she didn't understand what had happened. I had to tell her she's going to meet, she's going to heaven. Ah, well. Okay, that period was difficult. It was difficult. Mm. 
but um because my daughter kept asking about her sister and every time she asked she was a child but every time she asked it was like a knife wound to my chest mm. so i wanted to replace as quickly as possible it felt like i felt like i could erase that period just hasten things up and have another baby and then leave again because I won't lie that during that period, I wasn't living. I was just existing. So about six months after, okay, I, I went to the hospital after I lost her to ask questions. And then I asked when I could start trying. Okay, this was after her, after the, Yes, this was after her. I asked when I could start trying. The doctor said, you need to give yourself up to a year. Okay. I remember now, this was after the second miscarriage that I went back. By this time, after I lost her, I just went to replace. And so I did six months after I got pregnant again. But this time, because of Everything that happened with the first, my husband asked me to stop working immediately. We discussed it and then he said, you can't keep working because we thought of everything that could make her. My daughter, my, my, with my first daughter, I wasn't even dilating. I had to have a cesarean section. So what could suddenly make my cervix give way before time? So we, um, so when I got pregnant, the second time. But I just told him because I would have been at home alone and bored. I told him, let me just do this till I get to the second semester. I'll stop. So when I got to, I hope I'm, am I audible? Oh, yes, of course. And so when I got to, just before I got to the second semester, I had gone, I remember I had gone back to my to your first clinic. Yes. Just around five months, one day I was teaching and then I just felt a drop. I was standing and explaining and then I just felt a drop in my nether region. Immediately I knew something was wrong. I went to the ladies to check myself. With my first daughter, I didn't see my mucus plug. So I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it looked like. Although during antenatal classes, they had told us about it. But I, didn't, I had a cesarean section. I didn't see that, so I didn't know. But surprisingly, that was it. So I went. I just explained verbally. I didn't show. And so the doctor checked the baby where I had a scan. We checked the baby. The baby was in the right position. The baby was fine. There was water. He said, you just need to, um, I think you need to stop working. You need to go on break for now. So I went back home that day. But I think with that loss, with the, um, with the mucus plug gone and the, uh, the um, pressure, by the time I got home, which I had no idea of, I, I didn't know what was happening in my body. So by the time I got home, I had prepared dinner and I was in the restroom. I wanted to pee. I could just feel something coming on. I was alone with my daughter. And so I screamed for her to bring my phone from the bed. She brought it to me. I called her father immediately. I called my husband. I told him something is happening again. It was my worst, my worst fear. I said, I couldn't bring myself to say, this is what is happening. But I know something is happening. Something is threatening to come out. It is. So I clamped my legs short and called my colleague that lived close by. She came to take me to the hospital. 
um, throughout the journey to the hospital, I kept licking fluids. By the time I got to the hospital, my shirts were soaked. But the doctor checked and um, had pp roamed. That's a premature rupture of membranes, the amniotic sac that held the baby. According to what I found out, you know, the, it used to be double. So mm -hmm. sometimes the doctor explained that maybe one could puncture, the other one could still be. So let's watch this at this point. And, and that was when I, I found out about the circlage. I kept asking him, can I have a circlage now? He said, it's yeah. too late. It's, it's not, this isn't time for a circlage. You can have a circlage now. It's too late to have a circlage. But let's just pray. Let's watch and pray that this will stop. There is no prayer I didn't pray. There's no thought I didn't think. I, I felt like my body was feeling me. I felt like something must be wrong with me. I see people get pregnant and they tell you certainly that this is my due date and it will happen. Why is mine different? Something must be wrong with me for this to not have happened the first time, second time. I kept my, throughout my stay in the hospital, I kept my legs up. Clamped short. I clamped my legs short at some point. I kept reading online and then some people swore by being able to raise your legs up. And then, so I kept my leg in that position, not wanting maybe to come down. Just maybe if I remained with my legs up, yeah, baby will go back and um. I didn't stop leaking fluids for the period I stayed in the hospital. I think on the fifth, on the fourth day or so, the fluid had turned from clear white. to another color. And I was even, you could, I could, I was smelling because the doctor later explained that that was the last part. I didn't want to believe that. He said we should have an evacuation. That there was no. I said it's a lie. I'm, I want to go home. I went home again. My husband took me home. And so. Um, an elderly couple that pray with us often came that evening to pray. And while we we're praying in the sitting room, I was sitting on a seat like this. I was feeling a lot of pressure. And so um, by the time they left, I went into the bathroom and I knew this was it. I just sat down on a bucket in the bathroom and my baby came there. My mom was around. I didn't want her to go through the horror of seeing that. But my husband was with me in the bathroom. I asked him to call the elderly couple back. At least I didn't want my mom to clean me up. I didn't want her to see that. So the, the woman came back. The afterlife came as well. And well, I felt relief. Everything had gone out. It was 
explaining you know how it is with labor and then it just i felt i felt at that point i just i just wanted to go with the baby she cleaned me up Well, it was um like one a.m. By five a.m., my husband took me again to the hospital. You know, remember my daughter was at home, but she was she didn't see any of what was going on. She was in her room, and my mom's job was to keep her there. My husband had to take his baby out himself. And I never, I never talk about it with him. He, it's, it's a, I think it's a part he, he never wants to talk about. You see, men actually go through a lot, but it's just that they don't talk. I see him shut whatever conversation is leading. And I think I'm even better that I can. I've come to a place where I can talk. Whatever conversation is leading to this particular topic, he shuts it down. So we became scared of pregnancy. I became scared of pregnancy. I kept saying, what's the point? You're, you get pregnant. What makes you think that you'll carry it till the end? What's the point of going through everything? everything and then having to lose the baby what's the point of having hopes and having your hopes dashed i became ashamed people had seen me with pregnancy sometimes they see me and congratulate me and i i, I can't say anything after each of these have happened i i stay at home for some time because i used to be ashamed to go out I've met people that told me um, after they found out, you need to pray more. Mm. Like, like, <laughs> do you think I don't pray? Is it because you prayed more? How do you even measure that? How, how do you know how long we've prayed? Like who, who's there measuring? Oh God. The level. <sighs> so, you know? That happened, and then we now had to go for a series of tests. We now had to listen. I th this was the time where I went back, and the doctor said, stay for one year, at least one year. So we stayed for one year. During that period, we went through a lot of tests. And that was when um, cervical incompetence kept coming up. Mm. Although, but you know, um, with um, when you're not pregnant, your cervix will stay put. You can't really measure cervical incompetence when you're not pregnant. The cervix will behave itself. It is when you're pregnant, you see, with normal people, it stays shut, but with people with cervical incompetence, it starts going. So I went for all those tests. And then even cervical incompetence was ruled out. I went to a specialist hospital with my next pregnancy. My daughter was five at the time. From this pregnancy, I, I didn't step, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. The first pregnancy test I had and it showed I was pregnant, I stopped working. The doctors knew about my history, and so my checkups were more frequent. And so in the 12th week, when I went for um, the checkup, the doctor, antenatal visit, sorry, the doctor looked at my history and told me to go for a scan. It was late that evening, 
the laboratory had closed, but he, he, he sent a note and asked her to please check me. And she did. And my cervix was beginning to open again. The doctor said I had to come the next day to have a circulage done. I already called my, my husband from the doctor's office. He came straight from work there. So we met with the doctor that evening. The next morning, I was back in the hospital and then we had the circulage done. Even after I was asked to go home, I was asked to be on street. Even if you didn't tell me to be on bed rest, now I'll put myself on bed rest. I didn't want to be bed, so I was on strict bed rest for the whole period. As I didn't as much as, um, I didn't do nothing, nothing. I didn't even cook. Throughout the period, my husband cooked, they took care of me, and I have my cousin in it, took care of nothing. I did nothing during that period. I just went for my hospital visits. And then at, um, everything was going fine until the 24th week. I think I went to get water and then I felt this stab and my nightmare came back and I called my husband immediately. He came to take me to the hospital. Then I, my, you know, my bed rest was at home. I was now given hospital bed rest because they said, um, even with the sacrilege that I was contracting prematurely. Like, what is this thing? My mom was praying, my mother-in-law was praying, I have friends that were praying for me, encouraging me, because at this point in time, the worst, it was like, you better start preparing yourself for the worst thoughts because and even with this pregnancy i i didn't come out i hid no one apart from if you stayed in my car, no one knew i was pregnant in retrospect i think i was probably trying to cushion the effect of the bad news on the 24th week so i was put in on bed rest in the hospital this time and I was given treatment to slow down progress of the contraction. I was discharged and I came home after two weeks. And then even at home, I was now put on bed. Now there was nothing, even before I could even go to the bathroom, even come, I was on my bed like this throughout the period. Thankfully, at a, in the 37th week, wanted to wait till the 38th week. We, we, the doctor already told us, let's, let's not attempt a vaginal delivery. Let's have a caesarean. So we're waiting for week 38, 39, 40 weeks. And what in the 38th week, the doctor said, the baby won't stay till. 40 so that you don't so I, the, the baby doesn't you know i have a cyclage and right so just come in please yes so in the 38th week i went in for yes and my child of promise came you know even with this child my husband told me don't tell anybody anything for two weeks Apart from my parents, he said, I don't, want, I don't want pictures anywhere. I don't want no, no pictures. Nobody should share pictures. No, don't tell anybody. I can imagine that he was scared as scared. well. Yeah. Even with the baby, we didn't pick any baby names. We didn't, there was no, there was no, with, with our other babies, we, we were excited, killed. Touch the baby bump. He will kiss the baby. He will pray for the baby. He will put his body close so that he could feel the kicks. But with this one, it was like, why should I raise my hopes high? Okay. He was protecting himself. Yeah. So God to the glory, he stayed. He's two years now. Oh, thank God. 
when I got pregnant with him, that's when I I decided to start talking about this. <laughs> from if you read from the beginning of my page, I was still pregnant, but I had come to the point now that I've I've searched everywhere. Am I normal at all? If there are other people like me, I need to find them. I need to know how they went through this. Yeah, that's how I started. Maybe. You know, you keep you hear me saying wow many times and I was just I was just I was just glued to my chair like oh my what I'm so sorry for your losses. I'm so sorry for everything you went through. You know, you're you're such I don't know what it takes. I mean, you're such a warrior, such a strong woman. I mean we just thank God for, for for your you know for your children. Um, I really thank God for here that. and and the children uh, in heaven as well. We're so yeah. thankful, you know, for for God's mercy and yes. and just you know for also giving you the knowledge to go to the clinic at the right time and also directing the doctor as well for what to do. And you know that that doctor that said go for a scan at 12 weeks after, you know, making sure that it was done, even when it was past the time, you know, yeah. that is God making yeah. that happen, right? Because he didn't have the to. The lab had closed. Yeah. The lab had closed for the day. It was late in the evening. He sent her, you know, he said, please check out. And then I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw the uh, report. It says, oh, Sevka OS. I think, you know, the inner one opened. I was like, God. Not again. Thank God. Oh God. And even for your husband, like you said, you know, he must have been going through so much. Because sometimes, you know, we, we think as women, because because obviously it's the woman going through the whole process, but we don't realize that the men are also expectant. They also oh. have the hope, the dreams for that child or children to come. So as that is happening he's also dealing with his grief, but he has to stay strong for you, right? He has yeah. to appear strong. He's yes. not allowed to break down. Yes. Right? Society yes. doesn't want to see that. So yes. there's yes. so much yes, on them as well. He could not, he kept pretending as if he was strong. I think the first, after I lost Kosi, Kosi was my, the first loss. Yeah. Um, I wrote, I was waiting for him to, um, because the general hospital was close to his workplace. So I was waiting mm. for him to tidy up and then we'll go home. I lay on the bed floor. Remember I was two weeks postpartum. I wrote a letter and then I posted it because that's my, I write, <laughs> I write to them. I write to, so yeah. I posted it like that on Facebook. My husband saw it the next day and he was at work when he saw the post and started crying. He picked up the phone. My mom was out. I said, baby, why did you do it? He got to a point, he had cried, and then he asked, why did he said, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, you can't you can write about it. But I think that was the first time he let me know that this was what he was going through. That was so important, right? Because sometimes you, you also want to see that the person, you know, because the men have to stay strong, when you don't see them show their emotion, you almost sometimes questioning. Like, that, okay, like, are you, are you, are you really, yeah, like, are you really feeling what you're feeling? Yeah, exactly. So after that, I knew he was going through much. He was yes. going through a lot. I had the time to be with her. I was with her till her last moment. I was with her till her last moment. She had a baby and he came one day, although he was coming in, you know, it, it's the ICU, they don't allow you to come in, mm. but he would watch from the door and then they tell you it's over. He was going through a lot. 
and I could, it was later I could see it in his behavior with the last child, not wanting to attach too much. Too much, yeah. Emotion. Being cautious. And that clinic, you know, I really hope that, you know, you going back there and sharing your experience, I hope they've, they've stopped that because that's just crazy to think how many other people that could have potentially happened to, you know, like, wow. God is not against faith. It's a, it's a, it's a church hospital. But they need to understand that even God gave the doctors. Yes, the knowledge to create the incubator. Right, like it's not. I, I mean, I, I'm so thankful that I, I, I can imagine that this cannot be easy, you know, but but I'm so thankful that you chose to write about it and now speaking about it because you don't know how many people will be impacted. You don't know how many people will hear your story and then think, okay, you know, if this happens, I know what to say. I need to to insist on this. I need to get this checked out. I know that I can pray and also seek medical attention, right? Exactly. Like it's so important, especially in our society to, for people to know that because, yeah. you know, it's not one or the other. It's both work together. We don't need to be measuring people's prayer. You know, it's not for us. Let God be the judge of that, right? Right. We, we don't need to do that. We don't. You don't, how do you, like you said, how do you measure? Are you, do you have a tape? How exactly. Do you go into this person's house at night to measure that. Yeah. Is, uh, how? Like how many hours? How intense? How? Uh, how serious were you? Where was your mind? Were you really praying? <laughs> enough? Like, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. But or, I think, I think, I think I commented on the post, and I think it must come from a place of very, it must come from a place of stark ignorance. For you yeah. to think, sure. <laughs> like, uh, I, I hope people begin to see things not to say. If you want to pray for somebody, going, please, by all means, pray. Yeah. In fact, I got referred to different, even people from my church, they'll see me at church and say, you need to go to a stronger place to. My husband said, none of those. None of those. But God is everywhere. Yeah. It's in our homes, it's everywhere. You know, it's not it's not stationed in one place. But you know, sometimes when you're going through so much, it's tempting, right? Like, I mean, uh, it is. you want to explore when people tell uh, you things, you want to say, okay, that's when they say when they say that's how I that's how it works for me. Exactly, right? You're like, oh, okay, maybe I should, right? If I'm really serious about this, I should. So thank you so much, Ibi, for speaking out. And you touched on something earlier as well that I wanted to also note about the, the fact that in our society, we still talk about CS as something that weak women do, which is just ridiculous, you know? But, but this is the reality for some people. Some people have chosen not to proceed with CS, even when the baby is potentially in danger. You know, because people keep saying, no, if you see us, you're weak and you want to do your natural. You want to be a strong woman. You know, who's given an award for that? Like, oh, God. I hope, I just pray that you do not experience what could go wrong if you do not do the right thing. If yeah. you do experience it, will you be able to stand the guilt? I just pray that you don't experience. Now, Without asking me, I want to tell you firstly, yes, 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 I had a scene. Yes, yes. I won't wait for you to ask me. Yeah. Because when with my first child, <laughs> God, silliness. My first child, when people came to be the baby, was it normal? Was it vagina? Was it Imagine. <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> God of Israel. How do you even ask that? <laughs> 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 was it normal as opposed to what abnormal abnormal then it's like, like CS as opposed to abnormal uh, now. oh it's ridiculous oh, we God. need to do better well thank you ab for speaking out you know your story you writing about it will definitely change and impact and just create awareness uh in our society so hopefully We'll, we'll learn to do better and educate yes. ourselves. Yes, we will. Yeah.
I believe so. And I know that you said that you like to write, you know, but also knowing that in our society, there's a lot of shame attached to, you know, pregnancy losses or fertility issues. There's a lot of stigma. People are, if people start to question if you're really a woman. Um, in spite of all of that, why do you keep talking about it? <laughs> you know, when with my first loss, let's go see. Mm. That letter I told you I wrote and posted on Facebook. You know, I posted it and went out of Facebook and then just logged out. Mm. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want, I had written it. I, I don't, when I, when I want to write, I don't type. I, I write, I scribble. I always have books where I write. So I had written it in the book and then I just typed it and then I just went out. I looked out. I didn't want to see your reaction. I didn't want to see Any what comments, you had to yeah. say. I don't want to know what you, I needed to, to I, I needed to vent. I want to say something. It was killing me inside. I wanted to talk. That was what it was at the time. So my mom was around and then my mom didn't even know, you know, I, I, my phone, she doesn't know what's happening. So she started getting calls. And then an older friend of ours, she said, Mom, um, maybe Barista said she just saw your note on Facebook. I said, Mommy, if anybody comes at me to ask me why I'm right, I will, I will get mad at you. She said, no, she's not. She wants to tell you. You, know, because you see, we had got, I had taken it from zero to 10. Yeah. I'm like, if you come at me, I will tear you apart. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I, had, I, I didn't even ask my husband if I should share the story after all it was his story I wrote it and yeah. then he saw it and came and then he said he realized after he had cried because it was he, he was like I tore out his heart in the open and then mm. said, it's okay it's okay <laughs> so who are you so <laughs> I had, I, I, after I had gone through and come out like that there was no going back after I had come out like that, there was no going back. There was no going back. I don't care at this point. I don't, I've had people come send me a message on Instagram and say, hmm. how did you do it? Yeah. How did you do it? I'm going through this. So it gives me the urge to keep doing it. Yes. Yeah, the impact you're making, many people you're helping. When I when I started, I didn't know I was helping anyone. I didn't know. I just went to write because I needed someone to have written for me to know I was normal then. I didn't find any. So at this point, I just want to write. But thankfully, later on, I started having people come to me to say, how did you do it? And I go, I said, see, see see what I was going through. It's not like I wrote it in red. I was going through everything while I was writing. So it's not like I was strong. So that's yeah. just it. Thank you. Thank you, Abby, for writing. <laughs> for writing, for sharing, for helping so many. Thank you. And this, your, your experience, I wanted to see how has it changed you as a person, your whole journey to parenthood? And how has it impacted, you know, your relationship with your husband or, you know, if in any way at all? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I think that is the most difficult thing we've been through together. Mm. That's the most difficult thing we've been through together. So it, it's, it brought us, it made us stronger together. Made us stronger, you know. At the beginning of our marriage, we're just getting to know each other, and then when this happened, we no, I won't lie to you. At some point, um, I think when I had a second loss, I was like, Are you sure it's not something that this man has done? Maybe I should leave him and go marry somebody else. But but after everything we've been through, we saw that it was just us. So yeah. when we are praying, I don't pray. It's not a woman thing. We don't, I don't pray. <laughs> oh my God. We hold hands together and yes, pray. We fast together. So it has, it has I, that, as, that did not break us. I don't see what else will. Thank God for your strength. 
And, and as a being. human being, yeah. Oh God. Oh. From what I write, you find out that for my page, my beautifully flawed life, I say it's my pain that has led to this purpose. I've always, like I always, I've always liked to write. I started this journey out of a place of extreme pain. Now life is life has much more meaning to me. I've grown, I've grown, I've grown in in a lot of ways. I've grown, I've grown in a lot of ways. I'm thankful. It's a painful period. It was a painful period. It's a painful season, but I've grown. Well, we thank God for you, baby. Um, you know, and I love the fact that you keep saying that you love to write. So I'm hoping that in the near future, very soon I'll be reading a book from you. Because it, you, <laughs> you know, when you're so passionate about, yeah, why you're so passionate about writing, we definitely want to, it's important that we read all that you have to share with the world. So I'm, I'm hoping that in the near future, you'll come back and, talk about your newly released book I'm hoping, I'm hoping so too. <laughs> I'll definitely I'll definitely do that I've been procrastinating yeah. it so much I think I will I will there's no I think here I will yeah. do it <laughs> yes and I look forward to it as well yeah. thank you and for people listening in the society people that are not aware haven't gone through fertility issues or losses have no clue about how all this happens what do you wish people knew in general? Like friends, family, what do you wish they knew about fertility issues or pregnancy losses? Um, firstly, that it can happen to anyone. Mm. It isn't a punishment for past life. I hear some people ask that. It can happen to anyone. You know, um, when I was, when I was um, just about to, okay, I think I had done my introduction. Mm. And um, I think we had come for the dowry payment. And then my mom was talking to me one day and she said, Ibi, your body is like my body. At the slightest touch, we get pregnant. What she didn't tell me was that getting pregnant is different from bringing to birth. It's a long, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. It is. There's no need to when I when with the losses, some some parents, you know, in the school I thought some parents would see me. After I returned to school, after and then they, they they wanted to say they're sorry. They wanted to, but they probably couldn't bring themselves, so they avoid me. <laughs> they avoid me. <laughs> so <laughs> even I started avoiding open places. I didn't want the question. So she wants to share your joys with you that you have a baby. She wants to hear that you have a baby. She's not anti-good things because she's going through a season of her life. I would have said put yourself in the shoes, but there's no way you can put yourself in the shoes if you haven't been there. So I think it's important that we still keep talking about it. It's not by how much you pray, sister. God, it is not. I don't know how else I can say this. It isn't by that God is still in the business of doing miracles. Yes, but it's not by how much, how intense it is you pray. And you need support system. My husband, my mom-in-law and my mother, I didn't come, I don't come from a family where there was, and I didn't get married into a family where they say, are you sure it's not because of that would have 
made the journey worse. Are you sure it's not because of something you did? I, yeah. The support helped me. We may not be open to sharing it. You, you don't expect me to want to share it with. So it's not an easy topic, as you've seen, Ola. It's not an easy topic, so I may not want to talk about it with you. But it doesn't mean that um, you shouldn't well, except when I open my we saw I started sharing it, okay? And I opened all right. So, except when don't go prodding. When they are open to talk about it with you, they will. Some of these emotions cannot be put into words at that time. Yeah. When if you want to pray for them, pray. Pray on your own. God answers prayers. I think that's it. Well said, Abby. So many important points and advice for the general public and our society. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ola. Is there someone listening also wondering, uh, you know, do you have any words of affirmation that you used oh. while you're going through your journey that you'd like to share? I started writing about, um, I, I met a, a lady came into my DM sometime last year and then said, what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. I was writing. I point, I, she, she found me on my business page, called my feed mm -hmm. And then I, I directed her to my beautifully clothed life and said, just, I, I don't have words, just see. And then she came back and said, so she could, you know, when you're, when you've gone, it's something you've gone through and you're reading, you can, there's, you can feel that this person has gone through. And she said, are there, are there things you did particularly? That's when I started writing. I wanted, I was, I was writing, collating a list of the affirmations I used, the prayers, the words. One of the things I used to say to myself was, my womb is not a tomb, because at that time I started feeling that my womb was a tomb. So I like numbers 23, 19. I will not, my, my, my faith was a strong anchor for me during that period. He says, God is not man that would lie. And I see the son of man that would repent. Has he said it? Mm. And will he not do it? So I just kept going back to all he has said concerning childbirth and then kept reminding him that you said it. You said it. So I just, I, I, I started writing. In fact, I thought they're just... I'm trying to put them in a new book. I'm planning for other things. Just, just take up my time. So that's one. Um, particularly because of my own, my, the peculiarities with my pregnancies. I used to read Isaiah 66, 9. Do not think that I'll bring you, bring my people to the point of birth and not let them be born. So I kept saying that to myself. There are others. The others, they were like a chant for me. I was chanting them, chanting them because my mind was playing tricks on me. Yes. My mind was playing. So I needed some of these words. If you hear me, I'll say them loudly. I kept saying them. So thank you so much for sharing, Ibi. Very helpful. Thank you. And if you could look back in time to AB at 18 or 20, what would you tell her? There's more, there's more to life. There is more. <laughs> At 18, 20, I think I, I, wanted, I was in school. I wanted to go to school. Um, get the best jobs. I still want those. Still go from country to country, bring up my children. Uh, I still want some of those things, but I won't lie to you. My priorities have changed. If you want some of those things, it's not a bad thing. 
but now I, I view pain, apart from pain, infertility pain now, the other kind of pain I may feel because of my belief, I view pain as um, the, the theme for my beautifully flawed life is 1 Corinthians 3 to 4. I say it's because he has helped you. I'm not quoting verbatim, but, but everything you're going through is for you to be able to pull someone else who may be in such a position. You have a lifeline already. Now it's your job. That's at this point, that's where I am. And I, I won't lie, I'm grateful. With everything that has happened, I'm grateful. I think I live a more fulfilling life. There's still more to come, but I do live a more fulfilling life. God for his mercy, Amy. Mm. On you, upon you and your family. Yes, Thank sir. you so much. Mm -hmm. So well said. And as a wrap up, are there any words of encouragement or anything that you'd like to say to a couple or person listening, currently trying to conceive? There is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. The journey might seem torturous, might be long, might be lonely. Some people got married on the same day that you have and they're nursing their thought for children. And you feel like God has abandoned you. Um, a friend told me when they came to console me during one of my losses, she said, ah, she was, she was waiting as I was, though, but this is what she said. She said, it's better that he doesn't leave me out and then leave me alone than for him to lead me out and leave me. And you know, that's what kept playing in my heart. Like, God, is that what you do? She, she wasn't conceiving, but I don't blame her for saying it even to myself to me i thought that that was what it i believed that that was what it was i said you kept leaving me why don't you leave me as i am at least they'll know that they, uh, nothing has happened how you keep bringing me you bring me everybody sees me with a bump and then nothing but it's a lie from the pit of hell he's with you every step of the way he understands your pain more than the closest person. He says there is no trial. The word of God, the Bible says that there is no trial that we have gone through that is new. We have a high priest who has gone through pain. So that's what I keep thinking. Like, are you in pain? God, are you in pain? As I'm in pain, are you in pain? So if you're in pain, can you do something? I just can't wait to share the testimonies of all who are invited. Like that's my 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 best period. I just want. I know that it will come to pass. I just can't wait to share the testimonies. Amen. Thank you so much, Ab. Thank it you. has been. It's been amazing having you on here. Thank um, you so much. Your story is just. Um, It is inspiring, of course. There are many aspects of it that are very, I cannot imagine the challenge and you know, pain that you went through in those times. But we're so thankful that today we're here and that you're sharing your testimony. Yes. Your blessings with two wonderful children who are here. Yes. And for also the children that are in heaven. We're yes. so thankful for God's mercy. Yes. And for upholding you and your husband and your family, for giving the support exactly. through all those times to be able to get through each day. Exactly. And for you choosing 
in, in spite of everything to share your story, to bless so many people around the world. We're so thankful. Thank you so much, Abby, for all that you're doing. Thank you for inspiring, for so much insight. I have been encouraged. I'm sure that so many other people that will listen have been encouraged and will hold on to hope and just trust and believe that God is always with them. As you said, that he's with us every step of the way. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing and for being pleasure. here today. Yes, Absolute thank you for pleasure. all that you do to, to okay. just create awareness. And, you know, because it can be quite interesting trying to, to speak about things like this in our society where we all, all we want to talk about is how fertile we all are. But there's so many people going through this issue. So we need to speak about it. Yes. So thank you for speaking about it. Thank you for, for speaking about the fact that we don't need to compare our prayers or the level. God is merciful. He's, he's about grace. He's not, he's not saying that you pray 20 hours versus 30 hours versus one hour. That's not what he's saying. Thank you for speaking about the CS issue because I know that's still a big issue in our society. Yes. That oftentimes people are told they're not strong for going through CS when in reality, that is a medical condition that they need to deal with and it needs to be done. Like there's nothing, you have no control over that. And yes. it shouldn't be used to measure who you are. So exactly. thank you for all you're doing, Evie. You're truly thank amazing. You, uh, thank you. Thank Such you. an inspiration. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for fertility conversations. So you <laughs> are amazing. I had to thank go you. scroll through the end. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And I look forward to having you again in the future when you have your book. I'm looking forward to that book. Now. No yes. pressure, but I'm going to keep pressure. <laughs> <laughs> good question. This is good. But pressure. I'm gonna keep reminding you. Just send a message via DM like, "Hey, Abby, out yet?" <laughs> it's be awesome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, and you. have a wonderful day. Thank you. And you too. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.